man, you guys look like you're ready for church today. Anybody in the room? Come on. You look like you're ready. You sound like you're ready. Y'all sound good. It's an echo. Come on, somebody. Now, we're excited to end Zombie Fighter today, week number four. It's going to be an amazing, amazing day. You can go ahead and turn in or on your Bibles to Matthew chapter 14. Matthew chapter 14 is where we're going to be today. Uh, if you want, How many of you guys use the Bible app to find your scriptures during the week uh, on Sundays or whatever? That's awesome. Hey, I want to tell you a new thing that we're doing. We've started back up. Is uh, If you use that and you click down at the bottom, there's a little section that says more, and if you go to that and you click on events you'll find radiate church pop up all of our sermon notes are right there in the bible app you can find that right there for this message and uh, you can take notes in there too so it'll help you out couple things real quick as you're turning theirs we're getting started number one is today is or this month is pastor appreciation week right and uh, you guys are like that's weird that you're talking about that and you're the pastor no it's it's not that we've got three people on our staff at Radiate Church that do an amazing job making things happen that stuff would not take place that we get to see if they weren't digging the roots so that we can enjoy the fruits of their labor and so I want y'all to give it up for these guys Pastor Travis right here our amazing executive pastor he does things I can't do, and nobody, nobody knows that he does, and he does an amazing job. Thank you, Pastor Travis. We love you and appreciate you. Pastor Chris leads our worship, Radiate Worship, and our creative team. He does an amazing job. That whole team does. And then Pastor Megan, she is in the back with our, our kids team. But y'all give it up for her. Make some noise. We believe kids are not the next generation. It's the now generation. And so we just, uh, she does an amazing job with her team back there. So we're excited to be a part of that today. And when y'all see them, make sure you, you give them a hug and tell them thank you, for real. Just tell them thank you. Just love on them. I know they'd appreciate any messages, cards, anything you want to send in this week or anything like that would be great. But we just want to honor and appreciate them. They do a great job at honoring me as the lead pastor, but I wouldn't be half the leader I am without guys like that around us. So thank you guys so much. This is You Matter Week. 2019, come on, somebody! Woo! Man, I'm pumped, and here's why. I'm so pumped about You Matter Week. Y'all are like, I've heard about You Matter Week all week long, all day long. It's been crazy. What is it? Here's what it is. It is the foundation of who we are as a church. You Matter Week is the moment where we get together, and I talked about it earlier, where we get together for seven days, and we have projects. We, can, we partner with places in our community because we believe, and I said it earlier, we're not a church that's just in the community, but we're going to be a church that is of the community and changes the community that we're in. We believe where the presence of God resides, everything must change around it. Oh, that's good. That pastor, that was, that was right. Yeah, amen. You'll get there. But we believe everything must change around it. And because of that, we need to get out and do something. I was telling somebody, I was telling our volunteers, our team members earlier today that Jesus didn't just wait on everybody to come to him. Jesus went and found people that needed change. And so this week, we just have seven days. And we believe that the church is the people, not the building, right? It's the people, not the building. So when we get out of here, the church is actually leaving to go make a difference. We're in here to get pumped up, to build relationship, to learn about Jesus, and to go out there and teach everybody else about Jesus too throughout the week. So You Matter Week is seven days where we set apart to where we go and we serve our community. If you have not signed up for a project yet, I beg you to please do that. And here's why. It's not just because we need people to do things. It is because it will change your life as, as much as it will ours. 
I mean, think about knowing that you helped put a roof on a, ter- on a house for a family to enjoy their holidays, right? And we, all, we didn't build the house. We just partnered with somebody that knew how to do it. And we were like, we'll help you. And so that's what we're doing. Go by the Connect Center. Flood them with inquiries about how to sign up. Do what you need to do uh, to sign up to be a part of You Matter Week. It's going to be great. And there's one more project, one more thing that you are going to walk out of here able to do today, and we'll tell you more about that in a minute. But we're on week four of Zombie Fighter. You can title it this, Living Life Differently. Live life differently. Because here's what I think, and I want you to know this right off the bat. Whoever you are, wherever you're from, and whatever you've done, I want you to hear this. You have enough to impact somebody's life. You have enough to impact somebody's life. I don't know if you're anything like me, but as I go through my spiritual journey, as I give my life to the Lord every day and I submit to the Spirit and and I do all these things and, and I try to live my life as close to God, as close to biblically as I can, I mess up a lot. Anybody else in the room that messes up, right? I mess up a lot. But here's the thing, like in this entire journey, I sometimes feel like, God, I don't have enough to give. I don't have enough knowledge to give. I don't have enough time to give. I don't have enough money to give. God, I don't have enough uh, this to give. I don't have enough that to give. Because we can get into this circle, this cycle, this whirlwind of, I don't have enough. Anybody with me? We, I don't have enough. I feel like sometimes I go to the Lord in prayer and I'm like, I don't even know what I've got to offer, but I'm just going to offer what I do have, right? Lord, I don't even know what the next step is. I'm just coming to you in prayer, hoping that some way, somehow, you will miraculously drop a revelation in my heart and tell me what to do, right? Anybody with me? I had a pastor friend of mine, or or a friend of mine in in Florida. He's not a pastor, but he's a friend of mine in Florida. He texted me this week. He was talking about the Killing Root series. And he was like, man, this series is phenomenal. It It is impacting me. It's changing me. Great job. Great job. I'm proud of you. Stuff like that. And I texted him back. And I'm just being transparent. I texted him back. Here's what I said. I said, thank you. Your encouragement helps because sometimes I don't feel like I know what in the heck I'm doing. Anybody ever felt like that? Even in your good seasons, you're like, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't have enough to offer. I don't have anything good, anything like that. But I want you to know whatever you have is enough to change somebody's life. Whatever you have is enough to change somebody's life. Well, pastor, I don't even have a relationship with Jesus. We're going to give you that opportunity in a little while. And because when your life meets his spirit, everything changes and it multiplies and you're going to be able to change somebody's life. It's an amazing thing that takes place. But I want you to know, if you're going to write anything down and just remember it all day, is that you have enough. You have enough talents. You have enough abilities. Hear me today because this is a sticking point for so many people. You have enough finances to impact somebody's life. Every single person in the room. What God gives us at the beginning of our lives, when he gives us that ability, he gives us that drive, he gives us that talent, right? So I don't have the talent to lead worship. Can't do it, won't do it. I was clapping off beat in both services today. Pastor Chris, you don't have to shake your head so vigorously, yes, okay? Like, he hasn't agreed with me that much since he's been on staff. The truth is, is like, I don't have that ability. But when he gave me the ability to be a leader, And a preacher and a pastor, when he gave me that ability, I want you to hear something. Whatever ability he gave you and he gave me is God's gift to us. That's God's gift to us. But what we do with it is our gift back to him. You got to know that. What we do with it is our our gift back to him. Wouldn't it be, I don't want to show up to heaven with this wrapped box of a gift of ability and talent that he placed inside of me and be like, God, thank you so much for what you asked me to do. Thank you so much for this gift. Thank you so much for what you did. And he goes, you never even untied the bow. 
You've carried the ability your entire life and thanked me for it, but never done anything with it. I don't want to get to that place in my life. Wouldn't it be said, so one of my love languages is gifts. Anybody in the room? I love getting gifts. Anybody with me? Y'all are like, no, I'm not admitting that. That's selfish. Listen, it's okay. I promise. I like getting stuff. But because one of my love languages is gifts, I love giving stuff too. So I love giving other people things. That's, that's fun for me, right? So me and my wife will go through this conversation every year. Every year around Christmas time, it's this. She'll look at me. She'll go, okay, listen, babe. We're going to get two presents apiece, and here's the budget that we have. Do not go over that. You have a $5 buffer. That's it. And I'm like, okay, I got you. That's good, because I'm the guy that looks at the budget. And I'm like, okay, that's good. That saves us some money. I'm down with that. But then I start finding things on sale. And I'll find this stuff, and I'm like, oh, she will love that. That will be amazing. Or I'll find her a shirt, and I'm like, gosh, she would look so good in that. And she would like it, I'm going to get it. And y'all, by the time Christmas comes along, I've got, literally, last Christmas, I had 12 gifts (laughs) wrapped around the tree. And she was like, you will do this to me every year. You make me look so bad, like I don't even love you, and I don't even care about you. We said two. I was like, that's why I hid 10 of them until Christmas morning, so you didn't feel bad. <laughs> right? I love giving gifts. I love doing that stuff, and I, I, it's, it's fun to see it open up. And, and, and I got her, uh, recently I had the opportunity that I, I got her a, a new engagement ring for her 10th year anniversary, and I replaced the one that she had, and, and, and um, I, I'm taking up donations to replenish that. But anyway, we, um, no, I'm just kidding. Total joke, total joke. But we're in this thing, and I replaced this, and wouldn't it have been a bad day? That on our anniversary, whenever we were celebrating our 10-year anniversary, wouldn't it be a bad day that I gave her the ring box? And she looks at it, she's like, Brandon, thank you so much. It is beautiful. I love it. The wrapping is great. The box is phenomenal. This is so good. Thank you so much for what you've given me. This is the greatest gift I've ever gotten. But she never pulls the lid off. She never sees what's on the inside. She never even puts the ring on her finger. She never wears it. She never opens it. And so many of us, that's what we do with what God has placed on the inside. As we go, hey, God, here's that God looks at us and goes, hey, Brandon, hey, Mike, hey, hey, here's your gift. I've given you a gift. I've given you a talent. Take it, open it, put it on, get better in it, like wear it and change lives with it. And then we get to heaven and all of a sudden we still have the unopened box. And God's like, man, I'm so glad that you went to church every Sunday, but you never even did anything but get out of the chair. You never even... You never even opened the box to see how amazing a life walking in congruence with the gift I gave you is. You have a gift, you have an ability, you have a talent. Now, here's what I want to tell you today. Even if you don't hear anything else I say from the rest of the message, I want you to hear this. The talent and the gift that God has placed inside of you was not meant for you to show off the box. It was meant for you to put on what's on the inside of it and walk in a holy life of righteousness and godliness to where we go out and we change people's lives. The greatest life with God I ever started walking was not just the moment that I gave my life to Jesus. It was not the moment where I surrendered everything and said, you are, you are my God, you are my Savior. I, that was one of the greatest. But you know what the greatest was? Is when I said, God, you tell me what I'm supposed to do with what you gave me, and I will do it with everything that I've got because I will not die and go to heaven and meet you with a gift-wrapped box that was never open. 
And the truth is, is so many of us do that. And I want you to hear me today. I want you to hear me from my heart. No matter who you are, where you are, what you've been through, you have enough to make a difference in this world. You have a talent, you have an ability, and what we do with it is our gift back to God. But how can we make what we possess change the world? How can we take what God's given us and change the world with it? And, and there's some clues in Matthew chapter 14, verses 13 through 21. It's a familiar story, but I just want to read it to you today. And I want God to take his word, and the Bible says change comes from the hearing of the word. And I want us to hear the word and life change take place today. Because if we walk out of here and we don't take God's word and do anything with it, we've just come together and gathered as a club, and that's not who we are. We are people that will be changed by the power of God and the word of God. Amen? Let's hear this, verses 13 through 21. It says, Now when Jesus heard about John, he withdrew from there in a boat to a secluded place by himself. And when the people heard of this, they followed him on foot from the cities. And when he went ashore, he saw a large crowd and felt compassion for them, and he healed their sick. When it was evening, the disciples came to him and said, This place is desolate, and the hour is already late. So send the crowds away that they may go into the villages and buy foods for themselves. So in other words, the disciples are going, Hey, this town's got one stoplight, three restaurants that close at six, and it's late. Everybody's hungry, everybody's tired, and ain't nothing around here, Jesus. Can we, can we close this thing up and go down to Sand Hills and go to Wild Wings and buy some wings, please? We are hungry, right? I want you to gather where they're at. So they're sitting in the story, and they're saying, Jesus, they're hungry. It's late. You've been talking a long time. Let's wrap this thing up. And then there's Jesus' response. I love it. Jesus said to them, I don't need to go away. You give them something to eat. Now stop right there for just a minute, because I, 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 I just want to give this little sidebar to the message today. It's interesting to me that Jesus looks at his disciples, the ones that say, Jesus, I love you. There's something in me that you're unlocking. You're teaching me something. You're growing me. You're helping me become something. And he looks at them and he goes, now you give them something to eat. I'm not giving them something to eat. You go out into the crowd and do something with what I give you to give them. Now hear me, here's what I believe Jesus is showing us in that moment. To reach a multitude, he needs a multitude. He said, 5,000 people, I can't serve them by myself. 12, I can. 5,000 plus, I can't. I need you to get up off the blue cushion chairs and to say, I've got the opportunity and ability to make a difference in this world. I need you to go serve 5,000 people some bread, some fish, and fill their belly and fill their thirst and do something that makes a difference in their lives. Can I tell you something? Hear me. The kingdom of God does not progress with lazy Christians. The kingdom of God only progresses when we get up and we stop worrying about ourselves and we stop worrying about everything and we go, Jesus, you give me what to take and I'll get up and I will go. I will go. I will do what I need to do to make a difference. Jesus needs some people. I believe that God's looking for a church. I believe God's looking for a group of people that gather together that are like, I'm tired of waiting on everybody else to go do something. I'm ready to take what I've been given and go out and reach 5,000 plus people. I'm not worried about everything else. I'm going to go reach some folks. I just didn't fire anybody else up in the room today. Come on now. And we're in this thing, about 10 of you, we'll get there. So we're in this thing, and, and here's, I just want to hit this head on. I think the days where God, I, I think God is looking for a church that looks and goes, I don't care about my preferences, I care about reaching your people. Because we live in a world to where if it doesn't change and fit the needs of me, I'm not serving it. 
I'm not going to be a part of it. Hey, pastor, I didn't like your message last week. It didn't make me feel good. You challenged me and stepped on my toes. I've, that's three weeks in a row, three strikes and you're out. I'm going to find another church that makes me feel good. Maybe that's the problem. We won't sit and get challenged so we have no maturity in our faith. Hey, pastor, I came to you and told you I didn't like that song. That's the fourth week I've told you. You don't listen to me. You don't care about me. You didn't visit me when I had a hangnail, all these things. I'm, I'm going to find somewhere where they do that kind of thing. And that's fine if that's your deal. But the truth is God needs some people to step up and go, church ain't about me sitting in a padded chair. Church is about me getting up and going somewhere and doing something and making a difference. That's church. You want to see what a church is? Church is, the, the, is Jesus going, hey, here's bread, here's fish. There's a bunch of people. Go serve them. It's not going, hey, here's bread, here's fish. Throw it at your leaders and sit on your butt and wait on them to do it. But we live, I know y'all are like, why are you so mad? I'm not mad. Here's what I'm mad about. I'm mad that the church has gotten lulled into sleep to the fact that it's always somebody else's responsibility. It's not mine. But Jesus looks and goes, hey, I know they're hungry. I know they're tired. I know all that stuff's going on. I need you to not care about being hungry. I need you to not care about being tired. I need you to quit looking at them going, oh, oh, it's been a long day. Just go home. Don't worry about growing. No, I need you to look at them and go, I'm going to feed your soul and I'm going to feed your body at the same time because there's something here you need to be a part of. And that is where we have to be. That's the church, guys. Go read the New Testament, Acts, where the church was born. That's what they did. They got fed, they received it, and they went and gave it. That's the church. The church is not sitting back going, it's my way or no way. The church is going, it's God's way or no way. I'm here to serve because I believe in something. I'm here to serve because I know God's changing lives in this community. And then he said this. They said to him, we have here only five loaves. And two fish. Have you ever told God in a prayer, God, this is all I got? They looked at him and they said, We only have five loaves and, and two fish. Have you ever looked at God and said, I only got $100 left in my bank account. I, I only got two kids that won't even listen to me. I only got a job that don't even hardly pay my bills. I, I only got this amount of time. I only got, you ever, you ever said that? Come on, let's be real for a minute. I know I have. I only have this. They looked at him and they said, We only have. Five loaves and two fish. And he said, bring them to me. Look at somebody and tell them, say, bring them to me. Look at your other neighbor and say, not me, him. Take them to him. <laughs> Verse 19, ordering the people to sit down on the grass, he took five loaves and the two fish. And he, looking up toward heaven, he blessed the food. And breaking the loaves, he gave them to the disciples. And the disciples gave them to the crowds. And they all ate and were satisfied. They picked up what was left over of the broken pieces, 12 full baskets. And there were about 5,000 men who ate besides the women and children. There are a couple things in here I want to point out. The first one is this. Real faith is when you don't have enough, but you move anyway. Real faith is when you don't have enough, but you move anyway. Have you ever been in life and you've said, God, I don't have 
enough, whatever that enough is. God, I don't have enough knowledge to move on that business that you put in my heart to do. God, I don't have enough patience to deal with people. Uh, God, I don't have enough money to do this. I don't have enough. Uh, not enough. I don't have enough. I need to wait until I have enough because when I have enough, then I can give you what I think is enough and then you can take what is enough and you can make it more than enough. And we're sitting here in our entire lives as this whirlwind of just trying to get just enough so that we can give it to God. And God says, I'm not trying to get you to get just enough. I need Need, you're not enough. He said, he looked at him, he said, I know what you got. Jesus already knew. He already knew it was five loaves and two, two fish. He already knew what was coming, but he said, I'm not asking you to get enough for 5,000 people because I don't need you to make the miracle. I'm the miracle worker, the way maker. I'm the savior of the universe and I can do it all. I don't need you to do it all. I need you to trust that I can do it all. He didn't say, hey, give me, give me just enough. Hey, get it good enough, get enough for, if you get enough for 4,000 people, then maybe we can spread that out to get to 5,000. That's the same thing as going, hey, I need to get just good enough to walk through the doors of the church before God does something in my life. And I want you to know, just bring him what you got. Your not enough is enough in the hands of the more than enough. Jesus makes everything more than enough. You don't have to make it more than enough. He just wants your just enough. I think God's looking for some just enough faith in the room today. Anybody in the room say, I got some just enough faith. I, I got just enough for God to do something with. It ain't enough for me. It ain't enough for you, but it's just enough. And I know that something can take place. He looked at the boy and he said, he said, I want you to, to bring what you got. And the boy is, and the disciples are like, it's not, it's not good enough. It's not enough and I'm not talking about hear me I'm not talking about what you got that you won't give because sometimes we can go well I'm gonna hold on to this God I don't have enough and he goes yes you do it's in your fist what you're clenching to I need you to let go of because I need your enough and you won't give me what's enough you'll only give me what you want to give that's why a lot of times whenever we follow God, he asks us to give more than we think that we should because he wants to know if you're willing to give him all that he thinks is enough he looks at the boy, he says, hey, the five loaves and the two fish, that's all you got, ain't it? The boy's like, uh-huh, well, give it to me. And I don't want to get too far ahead, but here's the deal. Like, isn't it amazing the older we go, the self more selfish and stingier we get? Come on, let's be real. Anybody willing to be real? We get more stingy, we do. We're like, man, I don't know if I can give this because I got that, and this is happening. And we end up, our faith becomes so common that our faith is dependent on the, on the security on the other side. And so we look at God and we're like, hey, if you'll tell me what I need to give you right now or what's going to happen for me on the other side of my movement, if you'll tell me what's going to happen when I give you this, then I might give it to you if I approve of what you're going to do. Listen, God don't move for your approval. He moves for your change. God don't move for your approval. God's not seeking for you to go, oh, yes, God, I approve. I, approve. I agree, yes. He's looking for us to go, God, I don't care what it looks like, how crazy it is, how nuts it is, how much I have to give. I'll give you everything I've got. I'll give you my five loaves and I'll give you my two fish. Because here's the thing. I want you to write this down and it's going to come up on the screen. Sometimes we can do this, but we have to be careful. We don't disqualify what we have because of what we don't. This is where comparison comes in. We go, I can't. I, oh, sure. I could do that if I had that. 
Oh, sure, if I had that job, I could give that amount of money. Oh, yeah, if I had been a Christian my whole life, I could do that. Oh, yes, 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 yes. If this person did this or didn't do that, I wouldn't be so set back. And we can go, they've got something I don't have, so I'm disqualifying what I do have because of what they do. Are you with me? I don't have that, but I'm going to disqualify what I have. Hear me, what you have is enough. You're just enough is more than enough. You're just enough is a life-changing moment. You're just enough changes people's lives. Stop thinking and disqualifying. God, I don't know if this is going to touch anybody. I'm telling you when it's in the hands of the Savior, it changes everything. I know that you're in a place where you feel lonely. I know you feel like it's not good enough. I know you feel like you're not worthy. That's okay. Just take it to him and give him your just enough. And watch him change something in your life. Don't disqualify what you do have because of what you don't. Don't disqualify that. Because some of us are walking around, we're carrying one loaf of bread. And this is about all we got. And we're like, I ain't even got the fish. I ain't even got half of this fish. I, this thing's rubber. It ain't even real. And what I'm carrying around ain't real. It's on a plastic visa card. And that's, I got to pay it back in a month. It ain't real. It's just a thought. Are you with me today? And God's saying, I just need you to bring me what I told you to bring me. Don't bring me prerequisites. Don't bring me thoughts. Don't bring me qualifications. Bring me what I said to bring me. And Jesus says to bring a, everything with a whole heart. To bring your whole heart. To bring everything that I have and bring it to him. And I love this part in it. He looks at him and he says, bring it to who? To me. And so the little boy carrying his food. He says, bring it to me. And what happens on the other side is powerful, right? So he brings him the bread. And then he goes, I got these fish right here. This is all I got. And Jesus, I just need you to know that this is barely going to feed my family. We brought this to feed us, me and my family, for the journey. For the journey here, for the journey back. And your disciples have already told you, I'm hungry and I'm tired. And there's no, there's no subway open around here. Like, I don't know where the food's going to come from if I give you this. But Jesus, it's you. And because it's you, I'm going to give you what I have. And here's the thing. Most of us, we take what we have, and we don't want to give it to Jesus because we feel like we lose it. And so we'll take our one loaf of bread, and we'll tear a piece off, and then we'll eat it. And so we take what we have left, and it's only ours. And it feeds only my soul. And it feeds only my family. Well, yeah, God don't want me to suffer. I didn't say God wants you to suffer. But what God does want to do is multiply what you have so it not only feeds you, but it feeds everybody you're connected to as well. Hear me, hear me. He told Abraham this. He said, I will bless you to be a blessing. You're blessed to be a blessing. Everything, hear me, this is coming on the screen. Everything Jesus blesses is so we can bless others. Everything Jesus blesses is so we can bless others. Hey, when Jesus starts moving in your family and things start to multiply, you get that promotion, that job hits, your relationships are coming into play, everything is going so well. Don't look at it and go, oh, I must have done something right. Look at it and go, where does he want me to take the excess and bless somebody else? Don't just eat what Jesus gave you and feed just you, but change others as well. Pastor, so what you're telling me is, is when I get all that extra money, I don't need nice cars and nice houses and all that. No, that's not what I'm telling you at all. I think that stuff's fine as long as it's stewarded well. But what I'd also know is that Jesus never multiplies something without reaching out to other people that you're connected to at the same time. He's going to bless what he's going to give you what he needs to go to somebody else. 
He doesn't show up with a checkbook in his hand in a physical nature and go, oh, you're hard? Here you go. Boom, there's a check. He looks at you and he goes, Chris, I'm going to bless you with this anointing. I'm going to bless you with this excess. Now what you do with it determines where the kingdom goes. And many of us, the kingdom's sitting in Bank of America somewhere instead of at a women's shelter where it should be. Many of us, we take our, hey, I got all this extra time in my day. And and most of us, that extra time and that excess of that time is sitting in a recliner. It's not sitting in the hallways of a place that needs it. Come on, somebody. Because where we are is in this thing to where we've got to take what we have and we got to go, Jesus, it's yours. I place it in your hands. I will watch you do a miracle. You can feed a multitude way better than me. I need you to do something with this because we got a county to change. We got a community to change. We got a church to build and people to reach. We got something to do. I take what I've got. It ain't enough, but it's something. And I place it in your hands. I think God is looking for some people that are sick and tired of going, I need just enough and going, I'll give you whatever it is I've got. I'll give it to you, Jesus, and watch you do something. I'll watch you change a life. I'll watch you change a county. You know how a county changes? Is when people get crazy enough to go, everything I've got, I lay it at your feet, Jesus. Everything I've got, no matter what it is, I'll give you what I got because you are the miracle maker. You are the one. And here's what I love. Jesus says it like this. If you're faithful with little, if you're faithful with one fish, if you're faithful with one loaf of bread, if you're faithful with two fish, I'll give you more on the other side. He says it like this. If you steward what I've given you, I'll give you more because I can trust you. Here's part of the issue. That means that we still have to give him what we got. Don't look at the fish and go, how many ways can I cut this up so that enough people get a piece of it? But what if we look at it and go, you know what? It's not about me cutting it up. It's about God multiplying it. You know, one of the great things I love at the end of the story, and I'm going to close in just a moment. At the end of the story, it says they pick up 12 baskets that were left over. 12 baskets that were left over. I love that. So they're walking around, and the 12 disciples each have a basket, and they're picking up the leftovers. But it says they pick up 12 baskets of broken pieces. Broken pieces. Pieces that are just, you know, crazy. They're, they're torn apart. They maybe have been munched on, been laying on the ground, whatever. And he takes broken pieces and he puts them there. Why? Because broken pieces can create one whole piece. And many of us go, I need to get my broken pieces together before I get what I've got and give it to Jesus. And Jesus goes, no, 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 no. I don't need your whole. I need your enough. I need what you got. I know, I know, it's broken. It's on the floor. It's like a mirror shattered. Your life didn't turn out like you thought it would. Nothing's going right. I just can take your broken pieces and I can make it multiply into something else. And maybe your brokenness today is going to hold you over until your next season tomorrow. Well, I don't have enough. What is enough? Enough changes. What's enough for me may not be enough for you. And what's enough for you may not be enough for the next person. Enough is subjective, but God goes, just take what you've got. I keep repeating this point because we got to get it. Take what you've got and give it to God and watch something change in your life and in the lives of others. Because here's the thing. We were never called 
as a church to sit in chairs and wait on somebody else to do something. But we were always called. Matthew 28 says, go into all the world and make disciples. In other words, he's looking at the group of believers that are all around him. And he says, you 12, you few, go. Don't stand here. Don't just wait. Go. Go somewhere. Do something. Well, Jesus, where do we go? Into all the world. That means go into your homes. Go into your workplace. Go into their homes. Go into their workplace. Go into Walmart. Go into Target. Go into Food Lion. Go wherever you got to go. But when you go, you go in with the idea that you're going to make a disciple. You're not just taking up space. The gift that he's given me, I give back to him because that's my gift to him. Go and make a difference. My prayer in this church is not that we would gather and get hyped up together. Because that comes and goes with Sundays. Some Sundays we walk in here and this service is like, wow, let's go, yeah! You guys have got a straight Red Bull IV. And then some Sundays it's like, are you alive? That comes and goes. That's not our church. Here's what our church is. That when we walk out of there, we go, yes. Let's go. I'm going to change the world today. Something's going to be different. I'm going to run into somebody that's going to drive me nuts because they hit the back of my heel with their shopping cart as I was getting that, ga that gallon of milk. But the truth is, they were bumping into me because there's something that had to come out of me in order to change their life that they needed to see because I brought my five loaves and I brought my two fish and I need them to know that they matter in this world. They matter in this world. And I want you to know that you matter in this world. And so here's what I want to do today. I believe God's looking for some, I said this, but I believe God's looking for some people that have a just enough faith. There's some people that are going to go, hey, I ain't got a lot, but what I got, I'll give. I'll give it to you, Jesus, and I'll do what you say, and I'll watch you multiply, and I'll go where you go. And if you're in this room and you go, I'm ready to give what I got. I got a just enough faith. I'll give just enough. I'll give what I got to Jesus. If that's you, would you hold your hand up in the air right now in this moment? Join the hundred or so plus people that did it in the first service, and let's pray, because here's what I believe. Hold it up, because I believe the Holy Ghost is about to come down in something about your just enough. It's going to become more than enough in the name of Jesus. Right now, God, we just declare that what we have, we give. We are generous with what we've given you. God, I pray that what you've given us, we don't leave it boxed up, but we present it back to you as a love offering to say, this is our worship. God, we will go out and change this world. We are not here just to gather. We are here to go. And so, God, I declare that right now, in this moment, in this day, that we will go out and change the world. We are offering you are five loaves and two fish today. We are declaring that they are in your hands. And I just declare that right now, in this moment, things are shifting. Things are multiplying. Things are changing. What we didn't think we could do, we have the boldness to go and do right now. And God, I believe there's some people with a not enough, a good enough, just enough faith that's going to give you everything we've got. And we're going to see this church, this world, our lives, our families completely flipped upside down for the kingdom of God in this area today because we know that something is shifting and we're here to carry the kingdom everywhere we go. Father, we honor you and praise you. And if you believe God's going to do something with your just enough, would you let up a shout like you've already celebrating in the place?